both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Going up, Ashley Simpson, right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host Leah Russo and this is episode 28. Today we are going to be talking about the season 2 finale of Newlyweds, the Valentine's Day episode and I'm sure you'll be thrilled to know as I said, this is going to be part two of my collab with Dara Lane from the amazing podcast, Lay Do You Remember This? So welcome back, Dara. Hi. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back. I'm glad I didn't scare you away with my three-hour uh, <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I mean, we were really like um, locking the gates, like a full Mark Maron, like, let's let's get down to business. Yes. I mean, this is kind of like that show uh, in no way, except ooh, that... Ooh. Um, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't even had on any of the girls next door, like... Exactly, like, what a hack. Yeah, I mean, there's so many questions. And you guys are responding so well to our Girls Next Door packed episode. It was more like a Girls Next Door featuring Ashley and Jessica episode. So thank you for all your amazing comments. And I just wanted to say, so I've gotten a couple messages, people asking me if I know Bob Odenkirk. I tripped over my words in the last episode and I said... I'm, when I said I was talking with him, I meant like in regard to him and people thought I meant that I was talking to him like about his own career, which I probably would have made a bigger deal about that. And I don't know what that would have been like an interview or something, but I just want to make clear I was not name dropping. Um, I mean, I was name dropping Holly and Kendra because I did meet them and we are very close now. Oh, um, yes. But besides that, I was not name dropping. Just wanted to clear that up. I mean, I would drop his name if I did know him. That would be amazing. I just don't, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also, to be honest, like, of all the people you could know celebrity-wise, like, Bob Odenkirk isn't exactly, like, the <laughs> necessarily, like, oh, yeah, they, they're definitely, like, those are two peers. Like, this um, <laughs> almost, like, 60-year-old comedian from Chicago. <laughs> Well, I thought that was really funny because a couple people did message me about it. And I was like, I mean, I love Bob Odenkirk. Trust me, I would be thrilled if I was speaking to him personally about something. Um, but it's not like I said, oh, you know, back when I used to hang out with Michael Jackson, he and I would always talk about this, you know? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but thank you, guys. I'm glad you guys listen so closely and want to question me about my celebrity relationships. That's amazing. Very chic. We love it. Yes. <laughs> so... 
there really hasn't been a lot of Ashley and Jessica news happening this week. Sometimes I do a news segment, but there's not really that much. The only thing I want to say is that Ashley has been slaying her casual, candid outfits. I don't know if you've seen any of these pictures, Dara. I have not. Like, is it on her Instagram? It's on my Instagram. Well, Ashley and Jessica's Instagram. (laughs) Oh, well, I do follow you. And I mean, I feel like my my podcast Instagram account is so like heavily curated in a way that my um, personal is not to where it's all just like early 2000s stuff and Bravo stuff. So I could have seen it and like I wouldn't have even known or realized it was from your podcast account because you know I have like 50 pictures of Ashley or Jessica like floating through my my timeline every single day hourly I mean hourly I can't believe I mean I guess I can't believe it because here I am but it the obsession with the early 2000s celebrities right now on Instagram is wild and it's all ages both older and younger and it's just so much every single day that I totally understand that uh, my posts are getting lost in there but yeah if you're ever uh, looking for some fashion inspiration it's not on Ashley's Instagram because I'm sure she doesn't appreciate all the paparazzi still following her around but I appreciate it uh, as long as they keep a distance and don't like really bother her (laughs) I appreciate it because I get to see the looks I okay I have a question to you about that Uh uh-huh um do you think it's possible that she's actually calling the paparazzi on herself because I will just say this that in Los Angeles like paparazzi culture is very different from what it was in the early 2000s like in the early 2000s they would just follow you because you could sell a picture for so much now you can't really sell a paparazzi picture for for much at all it has to be some sort of like big shot, like I don't know, like Emma Stone with a baby bump when she hasn't announced it yet or something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when it comes to someone like Ashley Simpson or most celebrities, people aren't stalking her. Just me. That's the thing is, I've heard that they all basically do it. I mean, even the celebrities that aren't as similar to like a Paris Hilton or somebody like that you yeah know, their their publicists and stuff basically force them to do it or they will call without telling the celebrity you know um yeah so I do think it's curious that she always looks absolutely great when I see these pictures she never looks anything less than you know styled so I don't know maybe she is maybe this is her plan to create her own fashion empire I think that's what it is because I just don't think like because you can't really get that much money for paparazzi photos anymore they're they're not just like stalking celebrities or like camping out because it's just not worth the the time so I feel like she's picking up the phone or or Mr. (laughs) Mr. Joe is picking up the phone and saying hey um she's walking out of an Applebee's um (laughs) she's looking fresh why don't you go hang out do you think that Joe is trying to become her manager again? Because I think with Jessica, the ship has sailed. Like, she's not going to take him back. Ashley, you never know. Um, I'll bet that he is. But I do, th- <laughs> only because he's an opportunist. And um, I feel like can't take no for an answer. 
But I do feel like um, the Ross family would not let that happen. Mm. Come hell or high water. No. I mean, I would just – if I was Ashley, I would just call Diana and be like, what should I do? Oh, my God. They've already had this conversation a million times. It's it's not what should I do. It's like you are not doing this, Ashley, not my daughter-in-law. No effing way. If you want to do this and you want to do it seriously, like, I'll hook you up with someone. But your idiot father is not (laughs) – you are not handing over the reins to him again. Not while you're married to my son. Oh, my God. I really would like to be a fly on the wall of this conversation. (laughs) I would like to be a fly on the wall of literally every family gathering that they have. (laughs) I Yeah, I cannot even imagine. It must be just magical. Another point to your suggestion that Ashley might be calling the paparazzi is that there were recently paparazzi pictures of Jessica and all the Jessica stands were freaking out because there's never paparazzi pictures of her anymore, especially during the pandemic. Everyone kind of just assumes, oh, she well, she's just staying home, you know, but there's a ton of Ashley, you know, wearing a mask at CVS. She always goes to the, uh, forget what it's called, but one of the one of the bigger chains in LA for frozen yogurt, she's always there with her daughter. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't think Jessica never goes and grabs some frozen yogurt or never goes to CVS. You know, maybe she's one of those celebrities that really just has assistants do everything, but I don't know. So maybe Ashley's calling them and Jessica's not. I think they're both calling them because I, I just think, <laughs> and it, it has nothing to do with them really. It's just the culture is is just different now. And like, the way it used to be where like celebrities would have to go through back entrances to restaurants and stuff like that. It's just that that doesn't happen anymore. Like it, you're pretty much always calling the paparazzi because it's just like, it's worthless for the paparazzi to spend that much time figuring out where people are and like waiting outside of like, Bergdorf Goodman's or something and like like uh like his stocking Rodeo Drive like it's just like completely pointless now so if you're seeing a paparazzi picture my guess 99 times out of 100 they've called them baby (laughs) that's so interesting too because I wonder I mean back in the day it must have been the paparazzi must have been 10 times more stressed than the damn celebrities like they were running around so much like crazy and now I'm like are they just home and then they get a text from Joe Simpson and they're like okay I guess yeah I think it's well I think it's one of those things where um I'll bet most of the paparazzi people I mean listen I don't think many of these people who were paparazzi got into it because they had like a passion for um photography (laughs) photography and um celebrities like they might have been photographers for sure but you know they didn't get into that business because they wanted to it was just good money Uh and I think now that there's no money in it they're like back to doing whatever freelance photography or their day job of something completely different so yeah they're they're not waiting by the phone do you remember what paparazzi picture was or like 
pictures were the number one selling ever. Wasn't it? I know Britney. Like, let's exclude Britney. Hmm. Because obviously that's probably it. But um, I think I remember it. I don't know if it, this still was the biggest one. But before it was proven that Brad, Brad and Angelina were dating and they were on the beach together with Maddox. I feel like those pictures were the highest selling yeah I think you're right yeah I think you're right um I mean also like do you remember when it used to be um oh we cannot let the paparazzi get a shot of our kid because we have a deal with people magazine for like seven million dollars for the Mm -hmm. first picture and like if the pictures get leaked of our kid like we won't we won't get the money Mm mm-hmm so crazy I think I think about stuff like that all the time like how they used to go through the trash of Brad and Jen and then Brad and Angelina and Ben and Jen and everything and now it's like I guess not Brad people like that are still a little private and off Instagram and stuff but most celebrities that I used to wonder about you know I'd watch them in a movie and then I would be like oh I wonder like who they're dating or what their house looks like or whatever. And now I just, I'm like, oh, I wonder what that person is doing. And I just go to Instagram and I see their dog, their kids, their living room, their family, their backyard, like <laughs> everything. Yeah. I mean, that, the, the industry has completely changed. And I mean, I will say in some ways I miss like this sort of like romance of, paparazzi and like like ooh, what are they doing and like catching a glimpse and through like a tabloid photo or from the blogs but you know I'm happy for the celebrities that they can at least like curate their own narrative yeah well I do think it's cool I mean someone like Brad is a different story because he's almost 60 but someone closer to our age like Emma Stone or Jennifer Lawrence like the fact that they don't have Instagram I do think that's kind of cool because I would expect that they have it I mean I'm sure they have private ones but I do like that I don't know everything about them and stuff I like Emma a lot more than Jennifer like I love Emma and I think that not knowing her every thought and the food that she made for dinner does make her more interesting when I watch her on screen I don't know about you I mean I personally think that it makes them both I I'm I'm also of the same camp I I prefer an Emma not that it's a competition between the two ladies but I if do it was she would win she would win but um <laughs> I do I do think it makes them both like a hundred percent cooler mm-hmm. that they don't have Instagrams another couple people who don't have Instagrams and stuff are um like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey like I feel like that does them a lot of favors women can get them women celebrities can get themselves in a lot of trouble when they have social media even when they don't deserve it and I think if you can get to a level where you don't have to have it you're famous without it you don't have to like build a following you have it don't have an Instagram don't have a Twitter just leave it alone Well, I know that a lot of celebrities that didn't want to have social media are basically forced into it because of their contracts. Mm -hmm. I know that that is what Lauren Graham was open about that. And she was, I think it was when they did the Gilmore Girls revival or maybe another project that she did, but 
they were like, you have to get an Instagram and you have to get a Twitter. Or I think she doesn't have Instagram, but she, she got Twitter and then she was like, oh my gosh, I actually love it so much. I was so wrong about it. But I think it's hard when you're in comedy because it's like, what do you dub good enough for your Twitter, but not good enough for your work? Like if something is funny, you're going to use it in a show or something. Yeah, it's, I mean, I also think that some people are like, their sensibilities just don't work as well for for those types of mediums. And yeah, it's a lot to think about. But I will say someone like Lauren Graham, I love her, but she is at a level of her career where, yeah, she kind of has, she should have social media because she does need to kind of like maintain an audience. And like the best way to do that is through social media. Um, But someone like Emma Stone doesn't really need to exactly so since you love Lauren Graham can I just I'm just gonna do a quick rant I think that she has a terrible agent I agree it makes me mad I think about it all the time and I just don't understand because she should have been such a huge movie star not that she can't now but you know what I mean it's like when she was on break from Gilmore Girls, I can't believe that she wasn't – she could have been, like, the new rom-com queen. Not that that's what everyone wants, but it seems like it would have made sense with her character on Gilmore Girls and everything. It's not like she was trying to get gritty dramas – or, I don't know, maybe she was, but her agent sucks. Therefore, it didn't happen. Probably shouldn't say this as an actress. I'm sorry to whoever you are, but I just think that you should <laughs> – have gotten her more parts because she's amazing on Gilmore Girls like the level of dialogue and how perfectly she nailed every single scene and you're really telling me that she's never really had a big movie except what Evan Almighty which could have been played by any woman I do wonder too though I I feel like she also comes from a generation um that is really tough for women to get to continue their careers like a lot of I feel like a lot of women who came up in the 90s early 2000s once they like hit not even 40 like 35 like they got their one thing and then that was it and people just like were not making stuff for them and I mean not that it's too much better but it's a little bit better now And I feel like a lot of women that are her age just, like, got one one big role that defined them. And then you're like, why didn't they work again? And it's like, uh, because they were women who weren't 20. I know. It's terrible. It's crazy because she's obviously had an amazing career that most people would kill for. It's not like it's a bad career. It's just that... I really think she's one of those people that could have – it could have been, like, a stratosphere moment, especially because she – I don't know. I just feel like she really has that it factor, and she also was completely – like, Gilmore Girls was just never taken seriously as – because it was on the WB. Meanwhile, it's such (laughs) – it's such a brilliant show with so many intricacies that a lot of AMC shows just wish they had – But that's another – that'll be, like, a two-hour thing if I start talking (laughs) about Gilmore Girls, so I'm not going to. But I also saw her on Broadway when she was in Guys and Dolls, and she was so unbelievably good. It was – I love the production, and apparently everybody hated it. It closed 
really early and I was so pissed but oh my god I totally forgot that she was I remember when she did oh my god I wow blast from the past I totally forgot about that it bums me out because she was so good in it and she has a nice voice and I just feel like because that failed I think it was on Broadway for like two months she never went back and did it which makes me really sad but I mean she's into writing now which is great because I don't know if you read her books no Okay, so she did one fiction book called Someday, Someday, Maybe. And since you're an actress too, like you definitely should read it. It's I, I use the word fiction lightly. It's obviously about her, but it's one of those things, you know, yeah. where she pretends it's not about her, but it clearly is. I mean, I'm sure she, she, she some stuff was fiction, but it's based on an actress trying to make it in New York, which is what she did and all of that. And it was so good that I read it in one day. It was so relatable. And her her book, her memoir, Talking As Fast As I Can – Sorry to say, I didn't feel like she really went there. I didn't love it. It was no down the rabbit hole. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Holly, you did it, girl. Like, you did the damn thing. Because one thing I've realized is that no matter how much I love a celebrity or an actress, actor, whatever, it doesn't mean I'm going to like their book. Whereas I I would think, okay, if they're writing it, it's their book. I'm going to love it because I love them. That's not the case. With some of them, I've been disappointed by – a few and that was one of them that I just didn't really feel like she went there but the fiction book I'm like maybe that's really where she went there because she could kind of hide behind the character yeah I mean if she's someone who doesn't want to do social media it sounds like just in general she's a pretty guarded person which I feel like then like you know don't don't do the memoir write a book of essays good point Make them fun. You know, you don't have to do a memoir. A memoir. Right. Not everybody was offered quaaludes by Hugh Hefner. Not everyone has that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Holly's memoir kind of, like, wrote itself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, God bless Lauren Graham. Maybe she was being, like, completely open and honest. And it was just like, listen, I uh, went to Hollywood and uh, had a normal childhood and that's all I got well I couldn't even I don't even remember her like I couldn't tell you much about the book at all honestly because the, nothing was memorable meanwhile there are some actress memoirs that I've that I read like 10 years ago and I could still tell you at least like 10 things about it so I mean Lauren if you're listening I know you're a fan I'm so sorry I still love you but you know I definitely everyone out there if you're looking for a great book to read especially if you have anything to do with show business someday someday maybe is awesome. So when I told all my listeners that I was going to be talking about the girls next door with you, I asked them their favorite Holly Bridget or Kendra. So first of all, I didn't ask you, who is your favorite? Okay, so when the show was on, my favorite was without a doubt Bridget. I mean, no contest Bridget. Um, To the point where When I was 16, I redid my bedroom and completely modeled it off of Bridget's room. Oh, my God. Like, I I wanted to do the stripe, like the stripe, um, like pink walls and stuff. But I had (laughs) I had pink polka dot walls. Same sort of like um, like white brass bed with like pink polka dot um bedspread and 
just like you know a hello kitty phone and it was it was full it was full bridget it was the full bridget i love that um, that's amazing um but i will say i still always liked holly and i will say now that i have revisited the show holly's my favorite and i also loved holly's world um but yeah so now i would say holly but in the day bridget i got a lot of those answers some people were like oh well back in the day this one was my favorite but now this one is my favorite Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so okay for my poll bridget won like hands down got the most votes that's so interesting because like i feel like when i ask people that it's almost never bridget Okay, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this because I heard your episode with Cara Berry and you guys were like, oh, Bridget's no one's favorite. And I was like, what? Because I have had the complete opposite experience. I feel like everybody loves Bridget. Like if I bring up the show, people are like, Bridget, oh my God. I mean, I guess, well, when I was in high school when the show was on, I feel like everyone was a Bridget person. But then when I started talking about girls next door for my podcast you know everyone was Kendra or Holly and then if you look back on it it's like well Bridget did Bridget's sexiest beaches but that was it I mean I know and like both Holly and Kendra like managed to parlay some kind of career out of it and like Bridget really didn't so to me that that has to be like okay so I thought she was, like, a clear fave, but most people didn't. Well, that's what's really interesting is that I've always heard that she's she's people's favorite, like I said. But it's a weird – it's, it's like, kind of ironic because she was the first person at the mansion out of the three of them to get another job and and leave because she was kind of, like, the catalyst for everybody leaving. It was, like, right around the time she got that – the beaches show Kendra was meeting Hank and then them two leaving is what really kind of made Holly realize that this isn't what she wanted and stuff so I think it's really interesting that the I guess the world at large like picked her as someone that they were going to offer a show to but after the fact Kendra and Holly got reality shows Bridget pitched a reality show she shot a pilot with her boyfriend and it got rejected by E. I don't know if they shopped it around anywhere else. I could have totally seen it working on like, I don't know, Lifetime or like the Hallmark Channel or something, you know, like something where she could be really cutesy and crafty. And because I remember she had that Etsy page. I mean, you totally, you totally oh, didn't yeah. give any respect to her, her work on Etsy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> it might that. Not be yeah. A show. But yeah, I just, I don't understand why and I also wonder a lot I mean I know her boyfriend is like Hollywood royalty so I guess he has money but I I always wondered like how does she have money because I I knew that she was still living from her social media it seems she was still living a pretty luxurious life like every time she posted a picture of her house it was this huge beautiful house with these gigantic Christmas trees and all of that stuff and I always thought if she wasn't going to be a host and stuff like she wanted she would be an amazing party planner i mean she could be one of those really high profile la new york 
party planners that make six figures easily. So I don't know. I'm always wondering, like, what is, how does she have money? I don't know. I think it all comes from him. Um, The boyfriend? Yeah. I mean, he, it's just one of the, whenever you see someone living in LA and you're like, how are they still here? How are they still existing? It's family money. It's just, it, like, it's never more complicated than that. And, like, Bridget doesn't come from family money. And, you know, there's no residuals from the girls next door. There, she That wasn't something she, like, she didn't take a paycheck from there and, like, invest it. Like, there was nothing to invest. Mm-hmm. So it has to all come from him um she's she's a kept woman is what it comes down to good for you girl good for her I will say that like I hate to say it but I I feel like the reason why Bridget wasn't able to like parlay this into anything for herself is I don't know like there's something not quite firing on all cylinders not that she's not smart but like I feel like she's a very damaged person Mm -hmm. and she did Bridget's sexiest speeches and then I feel like she didn't know what to do I'm sorry but like starting an Etsy store is not the way to parlay this minor success you have like I don't know she should have been a host on she, why, like, why doesn't she, at least for a certain period of time, like, she wouldn't be relevant enough today to do this, but, like, she couldn't get, like, a fashion police hosting gig or something like that? Well, it's an example of what we were talking about last time and kind of going back to the Lauren Graham thing. It's like, I would think there could be no better showcase for an actress than Lorelai Gilmore. I would think she would easily be able to get huge movies and really meaty parts in movies and stuff or if not dramatic still the same Gilmore Girls comedic field and be the romantic lead or you know the just single female lead or whatever and it didn't happen because the business just sucks and is so incredibly hard and Holly and Kendra got lucky I'm not saying they didn't deserve their post Girls Next Door success but you know, I mean, Holly getting to be an actual showgirl. I mean, I know this wasn't like she was performing on in Carnegie Hall or anything like that. But the fact that she even became what she became, where she was queen of Vegas and all that stuff, because I know that a lot of other celebrities did peep show, but they would do it for like a month or something. She became Miss Las Vegas. Like, that's unbelievable. The, f- <laughs> the fact that she was able to do that blows my mind. But that is Holly firing on all cylinders that is someone like to be fair she would not have like made it if she was just said when she got out of this okay I'm sticking to Los Angeles like she just doesn't she doesn't stand out in Los Angeles like at least at that time for like as a performer or whatever she found a way and she found a backdoor way. I mean, it's it's honestly masterful. She got on Dancing with the Stars, saw this other avenue for her, and then became a big fish in a small pond. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, and they were in the Playboy world. There were big fishes in small ponds. And Holly found her next pond and Bridget did it. Yeah, it it makes it is it is masterful. You're right, because she wasn't going to become Meryl Streep right after being Hugh Hefner's girlfriend, even though I know she really wanted to be an actress. But it's like it, being a showgirl and doing a topless Vegas show is so Playboy adjacent, but it's still like getting success outside of Playboy. It's not like every other Playboy model goes and does a Vegas show. You know what I mean? It, it really was the perfect transition for her into a new life and I don't know I hope Bridget is happy because she deserves it and I, I I am really surprised though that she couldn't turn that the travel channel show into a another season or another hosting gig or something I mean it is really strange I mean she doesn't even like I don't know she should also be like Holly is capitalizing off of the resurgence of the early 2000s and like people getting back into the girls next door and playboy you know she sold a show um starring like kind of an a-list actress to play I'm her so excited about that yeah and it's just like uh i don't know like bridget why aren't you posting more on your instagram at the very least I know, and she's she said that she was working on a book. Now is the time, girl. I think what she should do is, like, get on TikTok and try and become, well, I don't know, maybe it's too late for her, but she should have, instead of doing, like, travel stuff, it's just, like, that kind of stuff is, like, a dime a dozen travel shows and, like, I don't know, they're kind of irrelevant now. She, I wish she had like tried to pivot into like a Martha Stewart. Yes. Type, like on the Food Network. And it's like Bridget's Parties. That's a terrible name. But like, <laughs> like, okay, every episode is a super themed party. And this is how we're putting it all together. And it's just like her staring into camera, like giggling and like, putting shit together yeah and also you know what it would be so cool if she because she's so good at the theming and the party stuff and the outfits she could turn her mansion because i'm sure i'm sure it, she has a mansion or at least like a really really nice large home she could turn it into like her own playboy mansion since she's still such a playboy girl you know she could have her own parties and like her own big parties and invite holly and you know her other like like that level of celebrity friends that she has yeah. <laughs> you know and like do a whole thing where she does the same thing like she designs a costume and goes and has it made and then does a whole youtube video about it and everything like she can she can bring the mansion life back and just do it on her youtube but she did she does have a youtube channel she just stopped posting on it yeah the youtube channel i was perusing it it's um it's tough it's weird right it's very weird <laughs> I will say I, I will say this though and it's in Holly's book and I think it's true and I think this is just like the missing piece that we're not really like clocking into is as Holly says like to be in the situation that they were in like something's up like right. you know 
And I just feel like Holly did some intensive therapy and moved on. And I think so did Kendra. But I don't know where Bridget is at. Me either. I hope I know that she's hurting because Wednesday or yeah, Wednesday passed away and then I know she also couldn't conceive a baby and she tried really hard and she had frozen her eggs at the mansion and none of them took and that must be really, really hard. So I hope she's okay. Bridget, we're rooting for you. Rooting for you, girl. We love you. So we should probably get to the episode of Newlyweds that we're here to talk about. Yes, yes. So this episode is called Valentine's Day. It aired on March 24th, 2004. And do you remember this episode? Do you remember watching it back then? You know, I asked myself that same question and like I kind of do, but I didn't remember it vividly or anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a huge standout for me, but it I'm surprised that it wasn't because it was tragic. <laughs> well, we're getting to the part of Newlyweds now where aside from the LASIK episode, which is literally the reason why I get up every morning, there's not a lot of iconic moments left on Newlyweds, in my opinion. Like there's a lot in the first season it's just like moment after moment after moment I'm like wow that was so huge I remember everyone talking about that and it just is on and on and then in season two there's some but there definitely are some episodes coming up where I'm just like "Mm, this is not working anymore so this is kind of like I'm not surprised you don't remember this one as much because it's not like the buffalo wings episode or something like that you know yeah it's 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 a little slow and just like depressing well she does so much for him and he didn't do anything i mean he got her those flowers that was a really nice flower arrangement and he wrote her a nice little note in the card and yeah i get i get it like he spent a lot on the jewelry but she really put time and effort and planning into her gift i i could have killed him i could have killed him (laughs) well yeah because he walks in and he doesn't even say thank you he's like very cool very nice you look nice i'm like nick he was pissed the entire time. He didn't appreciate <laughs> a second of it. Um, I think he... Well, I mean, to first to, to... So the episode is... It's Valentine's Day. And she rents him... What? A Ferrari? Yeah. To take out for the day while she prepares a romantic dinner for him. And I think that he is um, an aggro controlling pain in the ass. And (laughs) he felt that, like, that show of, like, affection and stuff on Valentine's Day, I think he found it all very emasculating. And he didn't like a single moment of it. He wasn't appreciative for a single second of it. And the only time where he, like, showed any emotion was when, or not even emotion, but just, like, liveliness and not resentment was when he was, like, singing for her. Yeah. At the end. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. That, and when he was like, so, are we going up to the bedroom now? I'm like, God. 
give it a few minutes she probably spent like ten thousand dollars on the freaking waiter the food the chef the cellist or what what was he playing was it a cello i I mean that was amazing like that was amazing if someone did this for me First of all, I'd be like, thank you. I deserve this. But I would be crying. Like, I would be. Well, I will say, though, like, um, I don't think that women can't make big romantic gestures for men. I don't think that at all. But I think most men do not care for that kind of um that that kind of surprise or that kind of show of affection like it doesn't really do much for them and I think you have to know your audience and it was like I feel like that was a moment of Jess trying to get that spark back but instead of like thinking about what he would want she was thinking about what she would want and what would make her swoon. And she wasn't thinking like, oh, Nick's really controlling. He's not going to want a surprise. Yeah. Like, I I also think that, like, lots of people don't like surprises. Like, my fiancé does not like surprises. To me, I, I just know, like, okay, when I'm going to do something for him... I'm going to, like, let him know up front what I have planned. And it would be like, okay, I rented you a Ferrari. And then when you come back, like, I'm going to have, like, this nice dinner for you and blah, 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 blah. The fact that they, they're, like, married and they've been with each other for this amount of time and, like, she doesn't get that a surprise that he has no control over where he has to leave the house. He has to leave the house for a certain amount of time. The fact that she's, like, not fully aware aware of like that's not going to be enjoyable to him is like oh yeah I can see why this did not work out and also his attitude like not just being nice about it and like compromising being like okay this makes me feel uncomfortable but she's trying something here I'm gonna be cool it's just really like um watching a marriage crumble Ugh, yeah yeah I mean I think also speaking of having speaking of knowing your audience I think he, when he walks in and he looks around, he's thinking, oh, shit, I'm going to come off as I didn't do anything mm-hmm. and she so much. And what can I scramble and do? Do I have anything else upstairs? Yeah. That's what, that's what I saw in his eyes was fear of what all the fans are going to say. And they're going to once again be like, wow, Jessica's so amazing. Well, and, you know, and he was such an asshole, but I, I, about it, but like, I will say the more I think about it, I don't know, like, I do feel like Jess was kind of unfair because I do think that it just made him look bad. And that was all he was thinking of. I don't know. Like you're putting all of this stuff on TV. It's like, sometimes you, I don't know, like, and also like Valentine's day is a dumb holiday that a lot of adults like don't really pay that much attention to so for her to like go all out in that way without sort of like tipping him off to I'm going to be doing all of this stuff then yeah like oh I got you flowers and wrote you a beautiful card and I got you jewelry it's like oh you're a dick 
but it's like no that's like what most adults would married adults would do for each other like that is actually like above and beyond a beautiful a beautiful card flowers and jewelry like that's that's a great valentine's day yeah i shouldn't have said he didn't do anything (laughs) he did he did she also did this for his 30th birthday remember when she pops out of the cake oh yeah because he's literally like i don't want anything i don't want to make a big deal out of it and then it's like cut to jessica popping out of the cake and we we did a really long episode when we did that one because there was just so much to unpack there but the main thing for me was like i just think it's so funny that it's his birthday and she's the one getting all the attention you know and it was kind of similar here because of course everyone all the fans were going to give her all the attention like wow jessica you really did everything in the world for him and you're such an amazing wife well and it's also you know i love jess of course but like uh yeah i mean in both of those situations she's not doing it for him she is doing it for herself. She's not thinking about what her partner would like. And, like, I think birthdays especially are, like, really personal things. As far as, like, I, you should really respect how a person feels comfortable celebrating their birthday. Yeah. And if someone, if your partner tells you, I don't want to, like, do some big crazy thing. I don't want to celebrate this way or that way. And then you, like, make it about yourself and, like, pop out of a cake because that's what you would think is, like, a great birthday. I mean, I just feel like nothing makes a partner feel worse than being, like, or a friend or any sort of close relationship than seeing that the person who's supposed to know them really well is, like this is your day and I'm making it about me. Like it's, it's just, uh, you know, God bless them both. I hope they're both happy in separate (laughs) relationships. Yeah. He's definitely not the kind of person that really appreciates a spectacle. And that's fine. Yeah. But like you, and people like that can be in relationships with people who enjoy a spectacle, but both sides have to respect what the other person feels good with and you can't like make a spectacle for someone who doesn't want it and expect to like get rewarded right sorry sorry jess and ash fans i'm really i mean every episode i completely demolish nick and act like jessica is actually an angel so it's okay. We can we can level a little bit of criticism at her because usually I'm sure people think I'm like paid by her or something. Well, when I, I so I watched the episode twice with like a couple a few weeks in between. And the first time I watched it, I was like, Wow, I hate Nick so much. And like I still think he's an <laughs> asshole. But the second time I watched it, I was like, This is so not for him and it's kind of a gotcha moment right well I also feel like Jessica got the memo that we're on a show it's called newlyweds we need to make a big deal of this it's valentine's day yeah. we need to deliver this episode and he was just like I'm hanging out in my basketball shorts maybe I'll call my mom today you know what I mean yeah <laughs> wasn't the same thing for him definitely and I wish I wish that they had just like 
And it's also, this was like early, early reality TV where people like didn't know the score as much. And if they had, if this had been filmed like in 2009 or 2012 or something, when people had a better idea, I think it would have been, okay, you guys coordinate what you're doing. This is the level that we're working at. This is the game we're playing here. Not just like Jessica being like, well, I'm doing a huge thing and you're not going to know about it. And then you're going to be like, here's your flowers. Right. I thought this kind of reminds me of when for Hef's birthday on the Girls Next Door, like Bridget does the strip tease and Holly gets him the peacocks and Kendra rolls out that like photo. Oh my God, that photo. Oh my God, I love that. I love it too. But she's like, oh, I didn't even have time to get it framed. And she's like, Holly and Bridget are like doing a really big thing and everything. And it's so funny because she didn't have to do a big thing because that was actually like a cute idea that came from her heart. So like, yeah, she didn't have time to get it framed like that. You know, that does kind of suck. It would be nice if she presented to him in a frame. But you know what? It was genuine. She was the one that didn't have to try as hard. I also wish that she had... um found someone to format the picture for her because if you look (laughs) at it it was like supposed to be like a landscape uh layout or and she does it opposite and there's just like all of this white space on the poster if you if you they don't point it out but it's just like oh like she did not (laughs) (laughs) she did not format this correctly either like you couldn't even frame it um but god bless her she she was a child so i know that's that's what's so funny about it too is that kendra was what like 20 at that time and uh jessica in this episode is 23 (laughs) god that is shocking i know it's so weird i used to think of her as like such an adult you know i mean i i i would look at kendra and know that she was supposed to be like 19 when the show started and it still didn't really hit me that we were that close in age yeah and that she was a child right for jessica i meant more like i felt that she was an adult but i feel like kendra too i mean i she was clearly like immature in a way that i really enjoyed oh definitely I thought of Jessica more as, like, a real adult, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's it's interesting because in some ways she was more of an adult than any of us would have been at that time. Simply because, you know, she'd been in the business. Like, even if you don't necessarily act it all the time, like, she had seen a lot. Yeah, But yeah, she, yeah, I remember thinking like, this is a woman. Right. (laughs) Well, the episode opens with her and Casey at the Hustler store. Oh, yeah. Speaking of adults. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. there's that really misogynistic inflatable wife, which is like the worst thing ever. And I don't remember exactly what she said when she was reading it, but it was like, doesn't talk, doesn't complain. Leaves the toilet seat up. (laughs) Oh my god. I was like, people actually bought that. Like, men got that for their friends for a gift and were like, sorry, Karen. Oh yeah. I mean, a different time. 
not I that know. different of a time, but like that at least wouldn't be sold in stores anymore. Totally silent, wastes well, no time, spends no money. Toilet seat is always up or down in his. No, uh, no. For him, it's always down. Oh. Oh wait, no. 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 <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> So I thought it was really funny, too, how Nick has a Ferrari for the day, which I actually do find it kind of endearing that that's even a special thing. Like, I know that Nick is really frugal and he's not your typical celebrity, I guess. But the fact that that's even a surprise for someone who is rich and famous, I think is kind of cute. But he doesn't really take advantage of it. He drives to Drew's and then they go play basketball. And I'm like, you're in california go drive by the coast or something (laughs) i'm sure that's what she figured is that they would like drive to malibu or something right and like drive an hour and a half somewhere and then drive an hour and a half back kind of thing see where you end up yeah i i don't know i think like he really felt like on the spot He didn't know what to do. And he didn't know what to do. And he's just like a really controlling person. And he did not like that he was out of control. Listen, go to therapy, baby. (laughs) Figure that out. So the chef from Dolce comes over and he's cute like Jessica when before Jessica opens the door, she's like, oh, he's cute. (laughs) And uh He's so sweet and patient with her. I actually loved him. And I loved the manager that was there for no reason other than to just stand in the newlyweds house and watch Jessica try to do something. Oh, yeah. There was no need for (laughs) for him to be there, clearly. And, you know, she's just marveling at everything, like the way he chops onions. He's Italian, so he says oregano like oregano. And she doesn't know what that is. Let me make a doll. Huh? We make the doll for the... Make the dough. Oh, yeah. we're making it from scratch. Yes. Okay. More fun the hard way. What kind of... Do you just use the pumpkin from the can? No, we... No, no, no. Brown eggs are just their organic eggs. Excuse me? Brown eggs. They're organic. You don't use any measuring cups? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what did you put in them? Fresh oregano and cherry tomato. I have to put the lobster some white wine, and we use some lobster broth. One more time? Okay. Fresh oregano. Okay. After What's oregano? Oregano, I'll show you. Fresh oregano. Is very good with this, with the uh, seafood and fish. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You know, he's making dough from scratch, and I guess he's making pumpkin ravioli, and she's like, so do you use pumpkin from a can? And, you know, you don't use any measuring cups and all that stuff. And he's just so patient with her. I mean, I feel like he has a lot of moments where I feel like he's kind of rolling his eyes. Internally. He's patient with her, but it's like, yeah, what else? is Like, (laughs) I mean, he's on her show. Like, I don't know. I, I was not charmed by him. I felt like he could have, like, taught her more, involved her more. Like, I thought it was supposed to be, like, a cooking class. And she was the one asking questions and he was just like, oh yeah, it's this. I want to see like Jessica like measuring stuff out and he was just kind of doing it and being like, oh yeah, you're following me around. Right. It wasn't a class. She didn't, I don't think she really learned that much. And he also, uh, I was wondering, is it, (laughs) maybe it's just that the only three men in this episode are him, Drew, and Nick. So by comparison, I'm like, oh, he was cute and nice. 
But the thing that kind of put me off is when he, because I always thought when you killed a lobster to cook it, you put it, just put it in the boiling water. But he like breaks its neck. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the boiling water is, that's the more like home chef sort of situation. I mean, is it more humane to just break the neck? Probably. I don't think you have to worry about humane because it doesn't have the same like awareness. It's not like killing a chicken. Like you'd rather break the neck of a chicken than put it in a pot of boiling water. But crustaceans don't have the same kind of nervous system and awareness of of pain and stuff like that. Like people say like, oh, when you put a lobster in boiling water and like that hissing sound is them screaming and it's like no they don't even know what's happening the hissing sound is like the air coming out from underneath their shells okay i think killing the lobster the way he did is like how chefs kill lobsters because i think it probably like makes the meat more tender or something like that but just from like watching Top Chef and stuff, they are cracking the neck, cutting it in half. They're not boiling it. That's like, I feel like more of like a home chef or like New England type of like, oh, we're doing a, we're doing a clam bake. But like, if you're like a <laughs> Italian chef, like, yeah, you're taking a huge knife and you're just slicing it. Thank you for that insight because I would not have known that. I do not eat seafood, but when I was growing up, we would go to the shore and catch crabs and lobster and everything, and they would just drop them into the water. So I thought that was kind of like the method, but. I mean, that is definitely, listen, I'm from New England. I have never killed a lobster like that. I have only ever boiled it. I, you know, you try boiling it in some beer. You make the you put them in the beer, you get them drunk, and then you boil them. Mm-hmm. Very tender meats. But yes, that is not the um the chef's way. You don't right. go to Le Cordon Bleu and like heat up a boiling pot of water. Right. So in addition to everything else she did, well, first of all, we have to mention the moment where it's hilarious that like they're trying to put together all of that decor that Jessica ordered and they only find the instructions at the very end. That is totally something that I would do. And then Jessica's like, oh, I love the scent of this candle. I love the scent. What is it? Oh, I'm so- I don't remember. Um, do you remember the scent? Oh, it's unscented. <laughs> I mean, God bless. She likes that smell, that Bed Bath & Beyond smell Mm -hmm. that is probably baked into the candle from being in the storeroom, but is not a scent. (laughs) She just likes likes a nice wax. Right. So, oh, so Jessica, in addition to everything else that she did for him, she got him a membership to the Calabasas Country and Golf Club. Now, I would love to know the cost of that because she was kind of apologizing for it as she gave it to him. You know, she was like, you know, before you say anything, I just, you deserve it or whatever she said. And I thought she was going to open, he was going to open like diamond cufflinks or something, but it was the membership. Yeah. Uh, hmm. It was probably like 30 or $40,000. For the year. Mm, I'm, I'm going to guess for the year. Yeah. It could be more. Also, it's 
possible it could be more as like a startup fee and then but like but yeah clubs like that can be like thirty thousand dollars a year <laughs> so that much to sit with other old white people yeah and just like play golf when i mean nick is just like um he's a simple guy he wants to just go like hit a bucket of balls mm-hmm. and this of course he like dreams of belonging to a country club like that but it's also just <laughs> such a superfluous purchase so yeah i mean i hope i hope he enjoyed it i hope he at least let himself enjoy it yeah because he probably they probably would drive by there all the time and he would be like oh you know i would like to go there but the membership is probably crazy or something and I'm sure it was. And it's funny that he would even want to spend time there as like the pop star, 98 degrees guy who's like, you know, I mean, I guess at this time his career had just kind of started to fail despite the newlywed. So maybe he was, he's like, yeah, I have some free time. Maybe I'll go over to the club. Bye, Jess. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I hope he like, I hope he took advantage of it because there's no way he, he stayed a member longer than a year is what I'm guessing. Right. so this episode has something that many many newlyweds episodes have which is fake dialogue dubbed over a scene to make it look like one thing is happening or being said when it actually never happened and so it's the ending so nick wants to have sex and just they make it seem like jessica doesn't they make it seem like she's once again rebuffing him for some reason he decided to take on this character of this sexually frustrated husband even though most men would want everyone to think that this gorgeous young woman is simply all over them all the time but instead he was always acting like she never wanted to sleep with him and so you never see their mouths say what you are hearing which this happens all the time anytime there's a dialogue that you can hear but you can't see them saying it I'm like they didn't really say that it, and it gets so obvious now that I'm like really researching and working on all these episodes so what happens is Jessica they show Jessica going upstairs which I'm guessing was just a clip of her running to get something but they act like she left him high and dry and is going up to bed and she's like you hear her say I'm tired I cooked all day I worked hard and he is like Jessica come on and then they show him running up the stairs and it's a completely different day he's wearing a jacket you had just seen him on the couch not wearing a jacket so they use this random clip of him probably coming in from being outside from another day and then he's like chasing her upstairs and then the episode ends with him going Jessica 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 as if it's like I love Lucy (laughs) Maybe I'm tired. I worked hard today. Jess! Jess! Jessica! Oh, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. I mean, they do try and make it like an I Love Lucy sort of thing. And I do think that the dynamic of like sexually frustrated husband, she doesn't want to give it up because girls don't like sex. Like, uh, I hate it. It's, it's so very, boring. it's very much of the time. And I feel like they had no 
idea how to end the episode. And instead of being like, oh, this is a married couple. It could be Jessica being like, all right, now here's the bedroom surprise. Like, if this happened today, I think that she would have come out in some sort of, like, latex cat suit and a whip. And then, like, <laughs> now, yeah. here's part three of our surprise. And then, like, do, 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 do. End of show. But it, it, it's like, oh, no. Jessica is still, like, a woman of God. And, like, she has sex for her husband, but she does not enjoy it. You know, she she enjoys it because it's with her king. But yeah. it, it's so it's just like, yeah, it's um, uh, n- not a great ending. Not a great ending. No, it's so embarrassing to me and so lame. And I just love Jessica. Like, I love that she doesn't care what anybody thinks. Because if this was me, I would have been like, And it's funny because I generally feel like I don't care what people think either. But for some reason, it would bother me if, like, they were trying to portray me as, oh, I don't have sex with my husband, you know, because the truth is always somewhere in the middle. I'm sure it's not that they never had sex and I'm sure it's not that they were constantly going at it. You know, it's they probably just had a normal sex life. And there's another scene where in another episode where Nick acts like they never have sex and Jessica has kind of. I mean, it's all supposed to be unscripted, but she has kind of like an unscripted moment and she's just like, why do you always say that? And and, it, uh-huh. and she like gets defensive and I'm like, ooh, I have a feeling like they have sex all the time. <laughs> well, I feel like, I don't know, I might be making this up, but in her book, does she talk about like she wanted to have sex all the time and he actually didn't like once they were married? No, she doesn't address any sex with Nick, um, not even on the wedding night or anything. My opinion based on everything she says about Eric is um and then also like obviously John Mayer's comments were illuminating right I feel like maybe I mean I know this happens to a lot of people that don't have sex before they get married they aren't as sexually compatible as they thought they were and that's one of the reasons why you should have sex before you get married before you pick one partner to do it with forever maybe you should give it a little test drive but my opinion but um sure I think I think that because she did wait and everything, she probably wasn't, I mean, for, I think for most people, like the beginning of you having sex is like not as great as a few years in once you understand what's happening. So I think that now she says like Eric is her sexual shaman and everything and all of that. Now she's like so expressive and she's not afraid at all to say, to be sexual and say that they have this amazing sex life. Whereas with Nick, she won't make any comments about that. So my opinion is kind of like they probably didn't have a great sex life, but she's not going to say that because she's not going to be rude. Right. I mean, yeah, it's her, it's her king. She's um, still trying to, like, be the good Texas Christian. But listen, I hope she's getting railed, you know? I, I think she is, honestly. I think, I think she is, too. And, like, I love that for her. Get it good, girl. Get it, Jessica. We're so happy for you. And if Eric has a brother, I don't know, send him my picture, Instagram, something like that. (laughs) So I know you have to get going, Dara. So here on the Ashley and Jessica cast, we rate the episode from a scale of one to five. And we use something 
from the episode instead of stars. So for instance, if you were rating the first episode, you might say, I give it four out of five cans of chicken of the sea. So what do you rate the Valentine's Day episode and why? I would give it three dead lobsters. Um, <laughs> and I would say three because, you know, I do think there's like a lot of um, genuine emotion, like peek behind the curtain of what's going on in a relationship. Um, I feel like there was some authenticity there. However, I, as a creator myself, I I don't think the editing is particularly good. I think they could have, um, I think they could have made the episode a little more fun. Yeah. Um, either, either make it depressing and be like, <laughs> oh, something's wrong here. And they had all the content there naturally to create that sort of edited narrative and instead they like take depressing scenes and then try and pass it off as like well that was fine right you guys (laughs) all right bye so it's just you know it it's a three and i put it on on the um producers editors creators of the show not on nick and jessica their performance was flawless. <laughs> right, as always. But that cellist knew what was up because did you <laughs> it, it was such dramatic music about like heartbreak and I was like, mm, is he throwing shade? I mean, honestly, I, I hope he was because then at least someone was thinking of the narrative. Yeah, I mean, he could have done the way you look tonight, something like that. You know what I mean? But instead, he's like, it's like this very, it was almost like, um, because I was looking at on YouTube, this episode is on YouTube and the comments under it. And somebody commented, the Titanic is sinking. <laughs> what will I do if you titanic moment yes full titanic the ship is sinking women and children first every man for himself (laughs) yeah not to not to compare your marriage jessica to a uh, doomed ship but i mean it was doomed it sunk it was it sunk it did rest in peace yeah but i mean she came out shining like a new penny so and we love her for it and oh I hope she's, I hope, like I said, I hope she's getting railed. (laughs) Girl, good for you. I, I also would give it a three because I don't love it and I don't hate it. It's not my favorite episode, but it's not one that I'm completely like bored during, which some of them coming up, girl. Um, (laughs) It, yeah, it definitely ended at the right time. I think they kind of like had its moment. It did what it was supposed to do, meaning it got Ashley on the scene and then we all (laughs) were ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, you know, it uh it did it did what it came to do. And then yeah. we had to kiss it goodbye. Exactly. And now we're commemorating it here. We're dissecting everything. Um I don't know, is there anything else you wanted to mention about the episode? Hmm. I mean, I no, I, 
I will say, don't try to slaughter your lobster at home. Like, it's tough. <laughs> like, don't don't try to get fancy. Just throw it in boiling water. It will taste fine. You don't have to um, break a neck. Okay. Like, Thank you. You can you can you can do it the New England way, and it's just as good. Perfect. Thank you. Actually, you know what? You're going to have to send me some if you if I'm sure you do know any good New England spots that aren't, you know, the most obvious, whatever. Oh, honey. Yes, I could. I I got the good good on the New England restaurants. Oh, my gosh. My mom and I are obsessed with Massachusetts. We've been to New Hampshire a little, but we haven't been to like Vermont or Maine yet, but we go to Massachusetts all the time. It's like our thing. So um, we want to venture up further north. So yeah, DM me any um, any spots where, you know, they boil lobster the old fashioned way. <laughs> oh my God. Maine, Maine is amazing. I'll send you, I'll send you some hot spots. I, I know a Maine. Okay. Thank you. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for you to to experience the um, the England to the north. <laughs> yes, I love getting that info from the locals. You, know? you, you got to have the locals, okay? You need the locals. I got right. all the hot spots. I, I got you covered. Perfect. <laughs> well, on that note, we are going to say goodbye. I'm Oh, so excited that we got to do this. I'm so happy that we had our little collab and I am so excited to see what's coming next for your podcast. You don't have to reveal anything, but if you don't want to, but Ooh. what what's the next um, Girls Next Door uh, installment that you have coming? Um, So it should be here within the next um, day or two, but it will be um, part three. Um of the storytelling series so it will get into the last episode was like holly just moving into the mansion so the next installment will be holly like really getting into it bridget coming in and then um kendra the introduction of kendra oh those were the days those were the those were the days yes (laughs) And you know what else I wanted to ask you? Did you, I mean, I know it's closed now, but did you ever go to Ledu? No, I, unfortunately, by the time I moved to LA, it was closed. It kills me. It truly kills me. Ugh. I would have done All these places anything. were just a flash in the pan. I know. Well, Hyde, apparently, I'm not sure after the pandemic, but Hyde, like, came back. And I was dying to go. Um, hopefully, like, it'll start back up again. I'm not sure that it will. I don't know how big um, clubbing culture will mm-hmm. be post-pandemic in Los Angeles. It was already dying on Vine. But if Hyde, is, if Hyde reopens, I'm there, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> A classic. A classic. Classique. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I guess it's because of the pandemic, but I don't even know what spots – that celebrities go to now except for like boa and Nobu. that that's and bowen's and all that stuff that's more like like the young kids oh they're like really into saddle ranch which is hilarious um oh <laughs> but those are like the tiktok stars like actual celebrities just like don't go anywhere they like go to right. dinner they go to like a legit like cool 
place for dinner, not like a scene place. And then I think they go home and get wasted with their friends in the comfort of their own mansion, which like, please. Wouldn't you? I That's what I would do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you for the insight on Los Angeles as a East Coaster. <laughs> I need those little tidbits from time to time. And yeah, I will be back next week. You guys, I have so many exciting things planned. I'm not even going to give it away. So you're just going to have to wait and see. Make sure that you check out Lee Do You Remember This? And where can they find you on social media? Um, So Lee Do You Remember This? on Instagram. It's (laughs) L-E-S-D-E-U-X. Remember this. It's not the easiest, sure, but it's clever. Um, So on Instagram... I have a TikTok, like come follow me. Maybe I'll um maybe I'll post more if I get some more followers. Uh so same name and then yeah, you can find the podcast wherever you're wherever you get your podcasts. Like, you know, it's there. Spotify, whatever. Wherever sounds are heard. Exactly. Find it. It's great. You guys will love it. If you haven't listened to it yet, little little bit of judgment on you, but There's still time, so check it out. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ashley and Jessicast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and tell all your friends who are just obsessed with Jessica's underrated album, Do You Know? We want to hear from them. Follow us on Instagram at Ashley and Jessicast, on Twitter at Ashley Jessicast, and send us an email. We want to hear your thoughts on the show, Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com.